all, all I was thinking about this whole time I'm saying this is is T.O. at the press conference. That's, that's my quarterback. Yeah, basically. Just, that's my quarterback. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Hello and welcome to the Wandering Buffalo podcast, a show on the built-in Buffalo network. My name is Andrew Chang, and finally, Justin Goddard is here on the podcast. Our schedules are finally, what appears to be at the moment, aligned. So we're back on the episode together. I'm super stoked about it. Unfortunately, we got to talk about this uh, loss that the Bills unfortunately took to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a score of 33-27, to the Bucks. Um, and you know, you, before we get into everything, you can find us on the built-in Buffalo network. As I mentioned, uh, you can find us on social media and podcasting platforms, and even on YouTube by searching up the wandering Buffalo podcast, Justin, how are you doing today? And again, I'm excited that you're here. My guy, I couldn't be more jazzed up that we were able to get our schedules aligned. The stars are coming together. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what life will throw at us next, but it's certainly been a pretty hectic, crazy few weeks um, mm-hmm. for me in particular, but for both of us. Um, so, I mean, despite having to get together to talk about this L, mm-hmm. I am super effing psyched that we're in the same screen frame right now. Right, right. All right. Well, I guess we just got to go right into it. And the way that I wanted to do this pod is might might be a little different from how we usually do it and there were four places that i found myself at at the conclusion of this game so i'll kind of go through each one and you and i can give our talking points to it and uh we'll just take it from there if that sounds good with you yeah man all right so the first things first we got to talk about refing right Refereeing it, I know that personally I don't like talking about refereeing too much because it is what it is, but there were just so many plays that were like should have been flagged for the Bills' benefit. I can think of three specifically against Diggs that egregious like third and whatever third and goal where Diggs jersey is getting pulled right in front of him that third and whatever in overtime where he's getting pulled back his jersey is getting pulled back and then there's a still shot where I forgot who's defending him has his jersey pulled like a full yard and a half and none of those plays got a flag on it I thought refereeing today was clear and obviously in favor of the Buccaneers and you know there were some defensive uh DPIs called against Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson and it really upset me because if they're gonna call that then why didn't they call those pass interference plays on Stefan Diggs why why was it that we didn't get any of these calls and I don't like Again, to echo what I said earlier, I don't like saying, hey, we lost this game because of the refereeing. And I still don't think we lost this game because of the refereeing because the Bills had their chances, right? But 
it didn't help that the zebras decided to swallow their whistles on some key moments of that game and it's just downright disrespectful to the buffalo bills organization and as us as fans i'm sure you're in this some of you felt this in the realm i had thought at one point that this game was rigged and i don't think the nfl is rigged but that did come across my mind it was just like how how is how are these passes not being called i mean how are these penalties not being called but bruce nolan put out a tweet there it's highly more likely that a group of four people missed the call on some plays versus a group of 32 NFL teams working underneath the table to devise a plan for 17 weeks in the regular season for an ultimate outcome. So I I, I just want to mention that, and I know I'm hogging the mic here, Justin. So why don't you tell me how you felt about refereeing in this game? So Bruce is telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah, to echo kind of where you started off there, um, I never like to sit down and talk about the game afterwards and, and say, you know, well, you know, the officiating cost us the game, um, right? So, so a couple of my points on it is what I'm looking for is consistency and the the biggest areas I've seen this in the NFL this year is pass interference and taunting, um, where it just seems to be a different set of rules. And, and this is kind of across the league, not just speaking to Bill's games, um, where, you know, one thing is taunting, one thing is pass interference, and then something seemingly worse happens on the other side or the same, and it doesn't get called. Um, I think this is a huge issue across the league. And, and yes, there's a certain amount of human error that's going to go into this. Um, but for, for my eyeballs, that level of human error should be going both ways. And it, it really doesn't seem to at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that being said, um, I, I agree with what you're saying. It, it seemed heavily in the Bucks favor and all that. And, Again, I don't want to sit here and say that we we lost the game because of officiating. Um, so where where I kind of leave it is, we've seen a lot of the a lot of this this year, right? So my point to it is being kind of try to take it out of the officials' hands. And yes, there's flags in key moments, um, but you know maybe those key moments aren't as big of moments if you don't start yourself off with you know a 21 point hole in the first half. Um, so I guess, I guess my overarching theme to it is we can sit here after the game and we can be as upset as we want to be about the officiating, but we, as a fan base, we, as talking as a team, we can't really do much about how the games are officiated. Um, but what the team can control is to an extent, you know, not getting off to such a slow, miserable start and having to have having to cram a whole game's worth of worth of plays into a second half because you started off in such a huge hole. Yeah. And I'll add one more part to this. I understand why pass interference is a thing in the league. And that call against Levi Walls, I don't think it should have been called, 
but it was called. Levi Wall said it was a bad call. I don't know if this is digging too far into the bag, but I think it was the season opener about two years ago where the Bengals were playing us and there was a pass to Dawson Knox. And I could be wrong here, but it was a very similar play where Dawson Knox came back into the defender and, you know, a flag was thrown. The Bills have benefited from that type of play before. So I'm not saying I understand, like, I I agree with it because I didn't think we should have got that call then. But sometimes stuff like that happens. What I am saying is if you're going to call pass interference, again, and I've, I've already mentioned this, if you're going to call pass interference on that against the Bills, do it the same way on the other team, on a more obvious pass interference. If Just be consistent. Between both teams. That's all I want. You guys are the NFL. Multi-billion dollar league. And you're telling me only four of you guys... Like, you had four pairs of eyes on that play. And none of you saw that? There was a guy in the crowd using Snapchat and had a better angle of the play than the NFL. Like, are you kidding me? Are you... Like... What? Like... I don't know. There were there were just so many things in my head where I was just like, "This makes no sense," and I'm I'm really just mad about it. Not because the Bills lost. Well, yes, because the Bills lost, but because this just seems, and the you know, the Bills fans, bad penalties do are not just a Buffalo thing. It happens to all NFL teams. But if I if we are living in a vacuum, it does feel like this is a reoccurring theme in tight games such like like this. The Bills are now 0-5 in one-score games. And I guess that's where uh, I'll let you kind of, you know, uh, give your last thoughts here on the one area of where I felt after that game. Yeah, it, this is a situation where I... It's really hard at times to be objective about things like that when it's my team and I'm watching the game. So I, I tried to really take a step back and be like, well, if the calls were going the other way, how would I feel about it? You know, And I feel like I've gotten to a pretty good point of, you know, if I see a call go the Bills way, I might be like, uh, I don't know if that, I mean, I'll take it. I don't know if that was pass interference. Um but that being said, a lot of these calls that we're talking about, I'm the one that particularly sticks in my mind is um, Diggs beats his defender, and the you can see, you know, those jerseys really stretch, and there's like the tail of his jersey stretched like a foot. Oh my god! And it, terrible. It, it's kind of like, you know, it's not like it's happening away from the play. Like the ball's headed that way, the ref's eyes are on it. it it's just. It's really hard to see, and it's hard to stomach it. And to take it a step further, I, I try to watch. Um, I have uh, the NFL Game Pass. I try to rewatch as many games as I can every week um, just to kind of keep an open mind about what's going on. And mm-hmm. it, it, it it's, it's a problem across the whole league. And honestly, I don't remember the officiating ever being this bad. And... 
that's going back to like when when they had the, they were terrible. Yeah, when they had the replacement refs in, and I'm talking across the whole body of a season. I think the replacement yeah. refs were doing a better job than we're seeing this year. Hot mm, take. Hot take. Let's transition to the second area, or I guess the second phase of my recovery <laughs> of that loss. And this has to do with a tale of two halves and coaching. So I'm going to bunch those into one section here. First half, right? Everyone knows what happened. The Bills get outscored 24 to 3, if I'm not mistaken. And it was yeah 24 to 3 and it was quite literally one of the worst performances i have seen in bill's recent memory outside of that colts game and i was at that colts game that that was rough it seemed like during halftime it was like oh great it's gonna be one of those games again where the bills just can't put anything together the defense just looks like nothing at this moment they just can't stop the run they know it's coming brady's being brady And then you see in the second half, things start clicking. I am always a half glass full kind of person. And I mentioned way earlier uh, in the season, like, hey, I still think this team has yet to reach their potential. What you saw in the second half, that crazy comeback where we tied it up at the end, was was my definition of this team hitting on all cylinders. What they could be. But... What they have shown us thus far is that they're inconsistent. And I think this game is a microcosm of that point exactly, right? They show in the first half that they can't, that sometimes it just doesn't work. And then the second half, when they put it together, there's no stopping them. Defensively, they held the Bucks to three points in quarter three and four. The defending Super Bowl champs, they held them to three points in the second half. The Bills came out and scored 24 points. 17 of those were in the fourth quarter. Amazing. Amazing, and not in the fact of the comeback, but just like how drastic those two halves were. And then I got to talk about coaching here. Because I think there's some praise and some head-scratching moments during this game, right? Sean McDermott decides to punt towards midfield. I didn't agree with that. He decides to run a fake a fake punt with an obvious Matt Breida who's not on the punting unit. <laughs> like it's kind of like, hey, I like the whole defense knows like that guy's not supposed to be there, but he's there. I wonder what they're doing. Like, come on. <laughs> and then the decision to kick a field goal at the end of the game, which, you know, we have the power of hindsight. So, you know, it doesn't look like a great decision now, but, you know, let's say that we win that game, then it looks like a great decision. Or if we went for it and we don't get it, then it looks like a terrible decision. So I, it's hard for me to point the finger at that. But I guess, I guess Sean McDermott at this moment has made some questionable decisions and it almost looks like he's regressing to his more conservative ways back when he first was a coach as opposed to last year where he was super aggressive and a lot of it contributed to Bill's wins I loved where what Sean McDermott was doing 
And I feel like this turmoil is making him regress. We, we talked about Josh Allen regressing. Well, how about Sean McDermott? That's fair. And again, I'm so sorry I'm hogging the mic here, but these were thoughts that were running through my head. And I said that there was praise to be made on this coaching staff because there should be, right? First half doesn't do anything in general. Offense, defense, special teams. Look what happens in the second half. They made adjustments. For a while, I thought this was a team that couldn't make adjustments. They proved me wrong, and I understand it's just one game, but this was really encouraging to see if you're still a half-glass full person like me. Because only a contender or playoff team can make those adjustments. Now, ultimately, we fell short. So does it really matter? I guess not. But you do have to acknowledge that. Yeah, for me, this game, under different circumstances, would have, I I guess it still kind of does, but it would leave me with more optimism. Um, If we're able to take that game from New England, this Tampa Bay game is making me feel really optimistic about the rest of the season. It it was just like... kind of such a must-win situation that all the things that I want to take that are good from this game still kind of feel a little bit empty. Um, But as far as like the halftime adjustments, we haven't really seen much of that this year to really, it seems like we're the ones getting outcoached at halftime um, in a lot of games. Um, And you kind of talked about Sean McDermott um, regressing. I've kind of noticed and I'm not like backing this up with stats or anything. It's just a feeling I have watching the games that it's like in, in these big moments where he gets more conservative and like with his back to the wall, he, he tends to coach more like, you know, coaching not to lose versus not to win. And in this game in particular, I can't help but to think that that Titans game was sitting in the back of his head. Um, because that end of the game, you know, you're you're right knocking on the door and a game where you are down 21 points on the road against the Super Bowl champs. You know, you've done all of this to to bring it back and and you're sitting right there to take basically the win. I mean, there would have been 30 seconds or so left on the clock. Um, but when you go for that field goal and kind of reset the table to go into halftime and now you know, the run game is back involved and you're, you're really starting a whole new game. Um, so personally, you know, like you said, the benefit of hindsight is there. Um, but even if, even if you leave the unknown out there, I'm going for it in that, in that situation at the end of the game, the offense was humming. They put together this great drive and just everything they were able to accomplish. I think there's, there's that little vote of confidence that, you know, you give it to the players, you give them the chance. Um, the big thing I wanted to talk about coaching-wise um, was Brian Dable. And I know he's catching a lot of heat recently. And and I do think there was some good halftime adjustments. Um, but how often we talk about player execution. Um, just towards the tail end of that game, I'm scratching my head a lot with some of the play calling. Um, and the players were able to get it done, but just... So many outbreaking routes. You know, we don't see anything, any, any slants. We don't see how many times did we see 
second and two, third and two. Uh, I believe there was a fourth and two that went to Gabe Davis, and he catches the ball, you know, two yards behind the sticks. And to even put us in the position to be able to tie that game was just a feat of heroics by Gabe Davis, just willing himself to that first down. I, I think mm-hmm. most players, most team situations, that's that's the end of the game right there. Um, so I'm just kind of, you know, a little a little confused with the play calling. I understand, you know, sometimes you got to get the ball to a player in space and let him make a move. But these are tight one, two yard routes where you're getting the ball out and and then they have to go make the play. I mean, extend the route one, two yards further and, and know that you're getting the first down. It was just, when I look back at it, like, yeah, the results were there. We we were able to execute and, and get the results, but I don't think that really excuses the play calling to me altogether um, just because you were able to get that result. I, I think there was a lot of questionable play calls that kind of are going unnoticed because of the result, I guess. Yeah. And I, I got to go back and watch the game again to really see what the play, how, how each play was called. Because, again, it was a tale of two halves. The first half, I'm just like, man. And some people were like, man, the Bills suck on social media. And then, you know, it was kind of hard to argue with them at that moment. <laughs> you know, like, I know the Bills are better than this, but they're really just laying an egg right now. But in the second half, you saw them come alive and I, I again, I, I can't really speak to some of the play calling because it looked, le- at least on paper, because I'm looking at the box score right now, 7 in the 3rd, 17 in the 4th. The results were there, but I don't know if better, like, who knows? I, I personally think there were a lot of, there were plays where there was still meat on the bone. And it's just, for me personally, I think the Bills did a good job executing. If there was, there's definitely meat on the bone in the first half. And because it could be because of play calling, I, I just don't know. So I can't really speak to that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and one more thing I just wanted to say, you, you touched on the uh, fake punt. I Listen, I'm all for pulling out all the stops and, you know, knowing who you're playing and, and that you're going to need to get a couple extra possessions. If you're going to go for it on fourth and two, keep the offense on the field. I don't like, I just don't think we need to get cute in that situation. Um, not only did it not fool anybody, but you have Josh Allen, you know, he's, he's running all over this team when he has to, He's literally just throwing the whole team on his back and on fourth and two, you decide to go for it. And, you know, you don't have Brian Mormon back there, you know, college sprinter, Brian Mormon, Mm -hmm. that can pull something off. If you're going to go for Mm -hmm. it, you have one of the better offenses in the league. You have a dynamic quarterback that can, it's not just like quarterback sweeps. He can run between the tackles. He can get two yards on a QB sneak if you want to do that route, but Keep it in Josh's hands and let him go make a play versus trying to do a cute fake punt. That's just my opinion. 
Yeah, very questionable coaching decisions, and uh, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about this briefly before we go into the break. Josh was the best player on that field, easily, regardless of team. He he was really, and we'll get to Josh later because, well, he was one of the areas that we were we're gonna get to. But I agree with you. They should have just if you're gonna go for it, put the ball in your playmaker's hands. Don't put it in the inconsistent Matt Breida's hand. The man had trouble securing a a handoff on Monday Night Football, and then you're going to give him the opportunity to run outside on a fourth like trick play when it was super obvious because he doesn't fill in that spot normally? I don't know. Maybe he does, but to me, I, I noticed him on the field. I was like, the Bills are going to do something because I literally don't see this man fill in for that spot. And I'm pretty sure the defense knew it because they were playing safe. So it didn't work. And it, it was very questionable, much like other questionable decisions here by Sean McDermott. That that punt in, in the fourth, I, I believe it was, that was cowardly. I did not like it. Um and I mean, what, what happened? Yeah, his defense stopped him, but it ran six minutes off the clock. So, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. You want to add anything before we go into the break? Now let's let's take a break and come back to it. All right. Well, you heard the man. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We're gonna wrap up this episode and. Let's move on to phase three uh, out of four here. And I alluded to this before the break. We have to talk about Josh Allen. He was the best player on the field, regardless of team. I really think he was better than Tom Brady. The man rushed for over 100 yards. He threw for over 300 yards. Got injured at one point with a foot sprain. And by the way, he's day-to-day with a foot sprain, which means I'm day-to-day with anxiety, which is what I said on Twitter, which a lot of people like. So I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, so he played through injury. Still, he, he quite literally put the team on his back and just went in. I think the frustration of the Bills' offense was pretty much echoed by Josh Allen's like rushing touchdown where he runs in and just like impales the ball into like uh, the padding of the stands. He's just like, man, let's get this going. And you saw a noticeable difference in that second half. Josh went in and I, I got to tell you, man, I'm just so happy for Josh Allen and what he's able to accomplish. And I guess this kind of goes in with this. Is the morals victories? I, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot you can take away in terms of moral victories from this. Like, a loss is a loss, right? But I personally believe that you learn a lot more from losing than you do from winning. So, if that makes any sense, yeah, we lost the game. And the only thing that I truly learned from it is that Josh is that guy. He is. Amongst other things I learned too, but that was, that was the most important thing. Yeah. He, outside of that one interception, he was incredible in this game. 
And the difference of how I felt between the first half and the second half is, you know, going going into halftime and the Bills get the ball. And I think it was my brother texted me and he was like, okay, the Bills get the ball here. They double dip. They can score here. They get the ball back, score. It's a 10-point game. Like, this is far from over. And I was just sitting on my couch and, and I said out loud, I was like, I don't, I don't feel good right now. Like, Josh looks un- uncomfortable. He's running for his life. I was like, I, I'd be happy if we didn't throw a pick on this on this drive. And the very next play, it happened. So maybe I just mm. won't think out loud anymore. But I, I could. You definitely don't do that. Yeah, but <laughs> that's how I felt at that point in the game. Like you could feel it coming. And then the second mm-hmm. half happens, and we saw like this good version of Josh Hero ball. He's taking care of the ball. He's running. He's passing all over the yard. He's running for his life and and making plays outside of structure. Um, it seemed like some of the play calling there was designed to help him out in the second half because he started getting the ball out quicker. And the pressure, mm-hmm. I mean, it was still getting there. He was getting his ass kicked back there. But he was delivering plays. And, and just the difference between the first half and the second half is I went from there's no chance that we win this game. Josh looks uncomfortable. They can't protect him to save his life. And the second half, I don't know what that conversation was at halftime. I don't know if Josh got himself juiced up and the rest of the team with him. But, I mean, you're, t- you're talking they did this without Emmanuel Sanders out there for most of the second half too. And, yeah, I mean, Josh completely took over that game and, and single-handed, I mean – I know people got to be catching the balls he's throwing and whatnot too, but he really single-handedly took over that game and put them in in a position to win. Um, all, all I was thinking about this whole time I'm saying this is is To at the press conference. That's that's my quarterback. Yeah, basically Just, that's my quarterback. I whatever happens with the rest of the season, whatever tough losses that we've had this year. Um, I'm I'm just psyched that Josh Allen's our quarterback and and will be going forward. You know that you're getting every ounce of heart that he has in in a game mm-hmm. like that, and I think that's I think that's something that's rare to find. Right. Do you take anything away from this loss in terms of moral victories? Like, what would you get away from this game outside of what you just mentioned? Obviously, and do you believe in the idea of moral victories? Um. So. Under different circumstances, I would have a wheelbarrow full of full of silver linings, um, moral victories. I mean, you went you went on the road. You took on the Super Bowl champions. You put yourself in a huge hole. You're able to dig out, dig yourself out of that hole, and that's that was all three phases of the game. You know, that wasn't just the defense tightening up. It wasn't just the offense going in. Like it doesn't matter if the offense put up those twenty four points if the defense didn't complement it, um, if Matt Hawk didn't have his best punt of the season. Um, shout, shout out, out Matt Hawk, he's coming around. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's there's just a bevy of good things I could say about this game, and if this was like week five and our second loss, or you know, like I said earlier, if if we had won that New England game and then come in here and and taken an epic 
loss like that, I feel a little bit different. But now the position the team put themselves in and where we're at now, it's kind of like eh, there's no room for moral victories because you're in the seventh seed and depending on what happens across the AFC, you you might be in a win-out situation just just to make the playoffs based on some of the losses that you've taken this season. So I guess I guess one silver lining you can throw into it is taking that loss, it was it was at least an NFC team, so we don't have to add that into into tiebreakers <laughs> as another AFC lost. But yeah, in different circumstances there's a lot of great things you can take from this game, but it's it's kinda hard to see them right now. So basically where Justin and I what Justin and I just gave you was a yes and no. <laughs> and I, I think it's notable to mention Dane Jackson here, and you'll understand here in a, in a second, because I think he pretty much was in the same area of how we're, how we're thinking about this loss. And a reporter asked him like, Hey, you know, you filled him pretty admirably. How do you feel about that? And he replied something to this effect. He was like, yeah, I think I played pretty solid, but, like, you know, we didn't get the win, so it doesn't even matter. That's exactly how I feel. Like, they, yeah, there's good things to take away. It's, like, awesome, but at the end of the day, a loss is a loss. Sucks. And I guess that just is going to pretty much lead us right into the fourth phase of this loss and that is big picture playoff like situations right the bills currently have the seventh seed i believe am i am i right to say that justin yeah they have the seventh seed we play the panthers the patriots one more time in foxborough so that's gonna be fun (laughs) then we play atlanta I want to go to that game, but every game I've gone to this season, they've Please lost. Stay away. So maybe, maybe I shouldn't go. And then after that, it's the Jets. Uh, games three out of those four games, three of them are at our place. So there's there's that. The Bills find themselves in a almost like backs against the wall situation. These are teams that the Bills should definitely beat. Maybe the Patriots one is ticky tacky because I, I don't, I'm curious to see what that matchup actually looks like on Monday night. If you know, wins weren't destroying everything, <laughs> but I, I, I think the Bills can easily win three out of four of those games. And, you know, obviously if they lose, it is what it is, but I, I am very confident that they can beat the three out of those four teams. And there's no, that that's like no shade to the other teams. It's just, I I think the bills are just a more complete team than them right now. But if they don't, we're talking about the possibility that the bills don't even make the playoffs. And we're back to that you know, pre-Sean McDermott area where we're calculating all the ways that the Bills can back into the playoffs. Like, oh, X, Y, Z, all like all needs to happen, and the Bills need to tie 
or like win this game and the Steelers need to tie or lose this game and all this crazy other stuff. We just need three games to end in a tie and we're in. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm good on that kind of lifestyle. So, and people, and I'm going to go back here. I'm going to take a side step here. People who are calling like, yo, we need to switch out Sean McDermott. He's not the guy. Look at the man's resume. I think he's a good coach. I really think he's a great coach. Uh, well, let me, let me take that. I think he's a good coach. What, what it's his fifth season here, right? Yeah, I believe some, I believe something so. like that. Fourth or fifth. I, his first season takes us to playoff. Second season, we ripped the bandaid off. Uh, so we, we're not doing that great. That's Josh Allen's first year. Then we make it to the playoffs, lose to Houston. We go to the AFC championship game and lose it. So right there, that's three out of four trips to the playoffs under Sean McDermott. And then there's this year where we could probably make it to the playoffs. And I still think this is a playoff team, whether that's wild card or division leader or something like that. Four out of five is 80%, if you didn't know. <laughs> that's pretty good. And that, and again, I'm using the word good here. And I don't know if you listened to Nap Knows Buffalo, uh, part of the Fanatics podcast, but he posted a tweet saying, I think Sean McDermott is a good coach. But some of his decision-making, like, you know, punting on that fourth down and not going for it in th at the end of the first quarter, like stuff like that and what I called regression kind of keeps him from being a great coach, at least for right now. So I think, the, I think he's got to get out of his own way in order for this team to really reach its maximum potential but and if the bills can do that we're looking we're already in an okay spot in terms of making the playoffs but it should be better than this so i, I don't know how you feel about the rest of the schedule moving forward and what i just mentioned but uh i'll, I'll let you do it because again i'm hogging the mic so yeah. i apologize well i'll wrap up with my uh kind of thoughts on the playoff picture i mean i agree with you these last four games, they're all very winnable games, and I think, I think if you win three of them, you're in the playoffs. If 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 you go if you split them going two and two, you're gonna start needing a ton of help, and I don't I don't want to play that game. Um, but the Bills control their destiny right now, right? So mm -hmm. where where I end up with this season is. Yeah, it hasn't really shaped up the way a lot of people looked at it in the beginning of the season. You know, we're talking, we should win the division again. You know, maybe we win the conference. Let's look at taking down the Chiefs. And I think there was a lot of just assumed that, you know, you can slot us right back into the championship game. And I, I could probably be guilty of that myself. Um, but Bean, Brandon Bean and McDermott said it all off season. you know, we're back to zero and zero. You got to go play the games. All those, all those cliches that are proving to be true. Um, but where where I stand at this point in the season is, I still feel like we haven't seen a complete game from this Buffalo Bills team, and that might not be a terrible thing. The second half of of the Buccaneers game, I think, is the most complete thirty minutes of football that we've seen from this team. And like I said, we haven't seen it for a full game yet. 
So just kind of looking at recent history, and it's as easy as going back to last year. The Bucks last year were seven and five, and go on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I think of the they got hot. They got hot. Um, I think of the Giants team when the Patriots were had the undefeated season until the Super Bowl. Um, they got hot. They got hot. They were a wild card team that barely got into the playoffs. Um, so kind of looking at the situation we're in. Uh, it's one of my favorite expressions that I use. You can't be the prettiest girl at the dance if you get, if you don't get invited. Um, so mm-hmm. all I'm looking for right now is the Bills to get into the playoffs and have a chance. And then when we look at our roster compared to a lot of rosters across the league, we have we have a very talented roster, and it's better than, for my money, most, most teams in the league. Um, so if we mm-hmm. get there and we get hot, I think this team is still – poised for a deep playoff run you just got to get there and once we're in man i think i think it almost benefits us to not win the division at this point because we saw that monday night game against the patriots you know this team isn't built for windy snow conditions and i I think they might actually have a better chance going on the road and it it sucks for the fans because you know you want to see playoff games in buffalo um, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if we have to go do it on the road. So I think they're still in good shape. They just got to go out and handle business these last four weeks and and go from there. You're back to zero and zero then. Right. And I think that's a great place to end. But I'm going to add this last part. I think the Bills got hot in that second half. Unfortunately, we didn't come with a win. But that is very encouraging for these next four games and potentially the playoffs. So here's to hoping the Bills get hot. Anyways, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed Justin and I's uh, re- uh, Justin and I reuniting for this recap episode. I know I had a blast. Justin probably had a blast too. Maybe maybe not so much with me hogging the mic. But go ahead, like, comment, subscribe, and review our podcast by searching up the Water Buffalo podcast. And again, we're part of the Built in Buffalo network. Very excited to be a part with them. And uh, other than that, Justin, any last words? Where can the people find you? Stuff like find that. Find me on any social media at jgods22. Hit us up if you want to be on the show. Likewise. And uh, you can find me by searching up Two Changs. That's going to do it for us. Go, Go Bills. Bills.